and Mama K. Hi, everybody. And tonight we are doing our second host pick episode. Everybody is on, and it is Jess's pick. So real quick before I describe what we're doing here, Jess, what did you pick for our episode? I chose an episode of House. It is season six, episode one and two. It was a super long premiere because the previous season ended in a cliffhanger. So Jess chose season six, episode one A and B, one and two, depending on the platform you're looking at. It's the first two-parter episode of season six of House. Um, So House was a medical drama, like dark comedy kind of show that was on the early to mid 2000s up through 2011 2012 kind of range it stars uh hugh laurie as dr gregory house uh he is the main character of the entire show and in this episode he is for sure the main character because apparently none of the other characters in the show are really in this episode it's kind of a standalone episode uh at the end of season five uh dr house who has had a vicodin addiction throughout the entire show uh, submits himself or commits himself to a psychiatric ward uh, after having hallucinations uh, about numerous things in the season finale of season five, including dead co-workers, as well as relationships he thinks he had that he didn't. Uh, so season six starts off with him withdrawing from Vicodin addiction, as well as addressing his underlying psychological issues. Um, so this, in addition to Hugh Laurie, stars Frankie Potatoes, is what I call her, but her name's Frankie Potente. <laughs> uh, she's from the Bourne trilogy, as well as Run, Lola, Run, and a bunch of other stuff. But those are, I think, the most common things. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda is in here as uh, Juan. Uh, I think everyone knows him as the Hamilton guy. Uh, Megan Dodds, mm-hmm. Derek Richardson, Curtis Armstrong, Andrew Harrison, Angela Bettis, bunch of whole people. Uh, who's the main other guy? Andre Brower is Andre Brower. Andre yeah. Brower is Dr. Daryl Nolan. He plays a large role in this. So I I had never seen House. Uh, I might have seen a couple episodes here and there, but I, I knew the character type. I knew who House kind of was. He was a sarcastic, assholey, funny but brilliant doctor who had a lot of demons. Uh, I didn't know anything about any of the other side characters, and I didn't know really how the show progressed, so I never watched much of it. Um, I'll go to you, Mama K. How much of House are you familiar with? I wasn't a serial watcher, but I've, I've probably seen a good portion of the first probably two or three seasons, I'm guessing. It was one of the things that I would see as it was being rerun as opposed to on first run, and I don't I'm, I know I didn't work my way up to this episode, so watching watching these two episodes was new for me. And uh, Nicole, do you have much house watching experience? I don't have much experience watching it. All I know is that they set house in a fictitious part of New Jersey, so I had some sort of connection to it because <laughs> I knew it was <laughs> I knew it was filmed quote in New Jersey. And also, um, there's a YouTube channel that I really like to watch called Dr. Mike, and he watches medical shows and talks about how accurate they are. So I like to watch that. And that's the only way that I ha- like introduce myself in the house. Very curious what uh, they'll think of the medical accuracies or in this case, inaccuracies in house, but we can get into that later. If you have not seen the first and second episodes of season six of house, 
They are available on Amazon Prime. Uh, for those who didn't watch the whole show, it's episodic, so you don't have to watch the whole thing in a row. I'm sure there are overarching storylines that are more rewarding if you were to watch it from start to finish. But as these two episodes stand, they're pretty much standalone. I felt like I understood everything uh, that was going on. I didn't need to really know more. I think that this, these two episodes kind of stand alone as their own standalone thing. And um, you can get 90% of, uh, of the message and feeling and uh, character development and all that just watching this one episode. So you don't have to go back and watch it all if you are interested or if you are a fan. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. We are about to spoil it. And uh, usually we rate things here at Films with Women in My Life based on four criteria, but we don't do that in the host pick episodes. What the host pick episodes are is one of our co-hosts picks a movie, or in this case, TV show, documentary, uh, short series, anything that can be watched for free or on a major streaming platform to discuss. As we said earlier, this is Jess's choice. She has picked House episodes one and two of season six so jess why did you pick these two episodes of house for us to watch uh so i first got introduced to house in ninth grade i had a patient care class and occasionally the teacher would play clips of house um i think it was just more of the what not to do with a patient kind of what house (laughs) does to his patients Mm -hmm. or just kind of like how the hospital operates or I think even if she didn't feel like teaching for a day, she would just put this on. Um, and it goes back home to me because this is the first TV show that I binged as, I guess, an adult. Or I guess I was an adult then. But, you know, as an as a big kid, it wasn't a cartoon. It wasn't anything on Nickelodeon. It was actually an adult show with an adult themes. Um, I remember winter break, I dev- there was a a whole marathon going on and I DVR'd the entire thing and that's all I did during winter break when my wisdom teeth were out was just watched house um, and I loved it and I fell in love with all the characters I just was totally engrossed in it and now I think that maybe I should just go back and watch it again interesting so you've you've seen this a couple of times before at least what is how many times when you rewatched it this time was it your third time tenth time hundredth time no, I think this this was only my third time. I remember I watched it when it came out. I watched it again in college. Um, but it, it I don't know why this episode specifically. Um, it just stood out to me because I still think about it from time to time. I can remember the plot, which is a big deal because my movie memory is terrible. So if I can remember right. something, it has huge resonance. So yeah, it, I, I thought about it recently and I wanted to watch it again. So I thought, no better way than have all my friends watch it with me because it's my pick and you guys have to that's a good way to do it uh before i pass it on to one of our other co-hosts so you're a big house fan this was something you grew up on first adult movie show you watched uh, consistently uh is this like your favorite episode or a couple of episodes or is it just because these stand alone that it's a good opportunity for us to jump in and experience house in general I don't think it's my favorite episode, but for some reason it has some resonance to it. Um, I just remember this specifically. All the characters are brand new. Like you said, you didn't have to really know much about what was going on earlier to watch this. Um, I just remember watching it after season five and thinking, this is great. Um, The storyline is, I loved following it along. And I think specifically whenever you watch something with psychiatric patients or mental health um 
it, it's a really touching topic, so it's just something that you remember a little bit more. So I liked learning all the characters or seeing what it's like to be in this kind of setting. So the general broad strokes of this plot, and again, we're in spoilers, so if you have not seen it, go and check that out before we really get into spoilers. Uh, Dr. House, this is uh, six seasons in with him. He is going through Vicodin withdrawal at the beginning. He is a Vicodin addict for a long time. Once he gets through his withdrawals, however, he uh, demands to be released from the hospital. But the uh, uh, head attendee, I don't I think that's the correct terminology i don't know for sure nicole you're in the you're in this field so maybe you can tell me but uh dr nolan is in charge of the psychiatric ward uh and he will not let house go until he uh proves that he can complete uh the program uh otherwise house will be he'll be able to leave but he will not be able to continue to practice medicine without a recommendation from dr nolan uh so we have a, a complicated characters in here alvi is his roommate that's lin-manuel miranda's character uh, he's manic depressive, kind of crazy all over the place. Uh, there is Annie, who is a uh, mute woman, been there for years uh, and continues to be mute. And she has a close friend, Lydia. That's Frankie Potatoes, uh, Frankie Potente. And uh, she comes in and plays the piano for her. Uh, she uh, was a former cellist, the uh, the Annie character, the one who is in the ward. Um, several other smaller characters are in here. And the only other major one, I think, to really uh, mention is Steve, a.k.a. the Freedom Master. Uh, he comes in about halfway through the first part of episode one, and uh, he has delusions of being a superhero. And um, those uh, those are come back to haunt several characters, and there are many choices made that are unfortunate. Uh, but the main overarching plot is House facing himself and facing how he is and how he comes off to the world. And uh, if he really wants to be the sarcastic asshole he's been probably for several years... Maybe his whole life, or if he finally wants to face that and be be happy. So that's the overarching uh, general plot of this. I'll start with you, Mama K. What do you think of the overall episodes that we that we watched here? Well, having watched it before, I think it was it was a really good. Having watched the show but not seen this episode, I think it was a really sort of encapsulated way of finding out about Doctor House. I mean, I think in these two episodes, it kind of played out to. Uh, almost anything that you knew about him, like you, you, you know, you're introduced to him and you know that he's, he's got all these issues and he is an asshole and everything he plays, he's trying to play to, to maintain that. Um, but then there's also the, the storylines that come along that show his human side, which doesn't really, you know, you don't see that a lot in the show, but it, you know, it's there. So there's the love storyline between him and the Franco Patenti character um, where he's, he shows, a human side and then when he tries to help out the superhero guy and that goes completely awry that is so totally house i mean i think for him it's like whenever he tries to do something that's magnanimous and selfless it winds up backfiring on him and it did in this episode um as well I, I went along with everything in here until sort of the very very end uh with the music box Oh yeah, I, I have thought. some questions to ask you guys about yeah, that Yeah, I, I can't wait to yeah. talk about that When you're ready part. to address that, I want to talk about that too. Because I thought up until then that it was really, I mean, I was completely and fully engaged. I wasn't sure how engaged I was going to be because I was like, oh, this it's been a while. I didn't watch the whole thing for a reason. I don't know what the reason was. But as I was watching it, it was kind of the, okay, everybody, shh, shh, shh stop, stop. I'm going to stop this in, until you guys stop talking because I want to know everything that's happening. So... <laughs> Um, 
which is kind of what I do when I want to watch something. So, um, yeah, I liked it. I really like Hugh Laurie's portrayal of, of Dr. House. If you see him in other things, he has a lot of sides. So this is just one. Yeah, he's got one range. Side this of him, is not his only. He's not yeah. only this type of character. I've seen him as many other types yeah. of things. But... No, he's a great. He has super comic timing, which I think you can see in this character, um, even though it's dark comic timing and the thing that i really really liked about this is that i don't really care for the side characters that are in house uh like the main ones uh i don't care for so i mean i like when he has his interns and he's taking his interns around and i generally like those characters but i don't like um whoever cuddy who was like the um what was she jess she was sort of i think she was the head of the hospital administrative yeah, and she was, you know, an administrative wonk, and they always butt heads, and then they kind of liked each other, and that was just that, I never believed in that relationship, and also I don't like the relationship that he has with his best friend, his only friend on the show, because he he eviscerates him on a regular basis, and the guy keeps coming back for more, and I don't, I don't like that in a friendship. Yeah, Dr. So. Wilson is such a little puppy. Yeah, and this was just so clean compared to that. And the char- and I think even the little characters in here had a lot of really uh, interesting things. And I think, Jess, you're right, by putting it in a psychiatric hospital, you can have all of these really um, character-y characters, you know, they're, they're really fleshed out by just being really small characters. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I know you guys were worried because I did send a text that said, ugh. Um, but it's a good UG, as in UG. I don't want to. I don't want to have to start watching this again, and I might. So, <laughs> so Nicole, oh, you're Nicole. You're a little bit more like me. You uh, are not well versed in house uh, lore, house uh, watching. Um, so, what did you think of this two-parter? Yeah, um, that is absolutely correct. I don't have a lot of background in house. MD, which I know is the title, and me and Brennan thought about this. The title oh. of this show is House MD. Yes, yes. At certain places it says House MD, but on Amazon Prime and on Wikipedia, if you it's read... It's shortened to House. Yes. That was my first hang-up, is that we can't get the title correct. But anyway... Oh, great, I, great start. Where's this going? Yeah. <laughs> this is my first hang-up. Let me tell you. I tried to watch this before. It just isn't the route that I take in watching a, a mo- uh, excuse me, watching a TV series. Um, I got into Grey's Anatomy before I got into House. So, you know, I always had this stigma of what I thought of a medical drama before I watched this show. And it just didn't lead me into caring much for this series. But watching these two episodes is really interesting because I felt like I was missing something, but I wasn't missing something as opposed to like the first five seasons. Like, I feel like I can totally grasp what's happening. And just having the simple background knowledge that I do of the show, I know that he's a a drug addict and I know that he is a very intelligent doctor so it was it was kind of like I felt like I felt like I was fine watching this, but wish that I had the background knowledge um, of what happened in the prior seasons in order to get us to this point of him being in a psych ward. It, you know, it's it's very interesting to watch his dynamic with these other characters and knowing like I, I know at one point I said to Brendan, I was like, what specialty is this man? Like, what kind of doctor is he? Because... Well, to be fair, you are the only one who works in any medical-adjacent field, so you're the only one out of all of us who would know this. (laughs) 
I do have minimal healthcare background in the in the career that I'm in, so I know that a a doctor isn't just a doctor of all types of medicine or all types of specialties. Like he has to have some sort of direction that he follows in his medicine, but I don't know what they're trying to get with him. Does he know everything about the human body? Like, I don't understand what he's doing. But anyway. I think there might be a word for it. It's like when no one else can figure out what's wrong, they just go to him. He comes um, in. But yeah. I mean, he has to have some sort of background knowledge, whether it's like orthopedic or, you know, something with the the brain. Something right. With he has the to spine, have a specialty. Something with the bones. Like, there has to be a specialty with him. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because I didn't watch the show, and maybe they say that his specialty is everything weird. Yeah. He knows, <laughs> it's it's like a rare a, he knows every rare disease ever. <laughs> yeah, that's wild, and that's unrealistic. So that's where I get my hang up. But maybe, maybe people that don't understand as much of you know what the different specialties are of of the healthcare industry, maybe they don't see that as being an issue. I don't know, but it made me laugh at the end where he's like, "I know the diagnosis of this guy that jumped off of a building." I'm like, "Okay, no, you don't." <laughs> um, but anyway, well, yeah, no, he, he broke several bones. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the plot was interesting. I felt like I could jump in completely fine without watching any of the background of this story and where he came from. Um, you know, it was interesting to watch him in this facility and watch the other people uh, interact with him and how he interacts with the general public. Um, just having the basic knowledge that I have of the show. I really didn't mind watching it. I quite enjoyed it. Um, maybe kind of want to watch more of this season, see where it leads. Mm. Yeah, so I, um, I, yeah, like Nicole, had very little house experience. I've seen a couple episodes, and from what I remember, I remember pretty much holding true here is that I really like Dr. House, the character, and I really like the performance Hulora gives, and I really hate mm. everyone around him all the time, and I don't buy any of it. <laughs> so this, yes. this, this mostly holds true to that. But I think it's actually a little better than had we jumped into any random episode. So Jess, I do commend you for picking yeah. this see a couple of episodes because i think this is the best chance i have of enjoying this because this does stand alone as you guys uh, you and mama k said this is an episode that mostly features non-main cast members uh that are like the side characters because that's what i remember from house i'm like oh he Laurie's great he comes in he shreds people new assholes he he knows everything yeah i don't fully buy it it's not it's not i'm kind of with nicole there like that shit doesn't bother me as much though i don't get quite as hung up as, as nicole does on that but i do get a annoyed with all the side characters that i've seen uh, that i remember from the show and these are new side characters that i find better for the most part um than than what i remember of when i watched the show originally from time to time um hugh laurie yeah hugh laurie's performance is really good and his character is really interesting he arcs incredibly it's an incredible arc in this in this two-parter and i'm curious jess i'll ask Mm. you after i'm done with my little thing here how that holds going forward because i know this is only the beginning of season six and there's at least one or two more seasons after this um so he has to somehow continue that while doing his medicine practicing again to nicole's point what medicine exactly he's practicing i don't know um but he he is fantastic in here his arc and uh his character interactions are fantastic especially with dr nolan andre uh, uh brower's character i believe that's the best stuff in the episode um 
everyone else is kind of mixed for me as far as character interactions, motivations, arcs, and and other and general acting. Otherwise, um, writing is pretty solid. I didn't expect the writing to be as good as it was, being a 2009 is good on this show to be a 2009 show like there were not i mean we we take for granted nowadays good tv writing it's it's a thing of the past 10 years like you go 20 years ago writing was shit and then you go 10 years ago and like writing all of a sudden like you had the breaking bads you had mad men you had all these like really well written shows and this um was surprisingly in that camp i i never associated house as higher higher level um TV, I always considered it a network show, which for the most part, most part, most part is um, derogatory. Like, uh, what's that show, uh, Nicole, you watch for a while? 911. I was worried it was going to be like that because that show fucking sucks. It's not 911, it's the other one. What's the other one? Oh, the resident. Yeah, that show the is resident. horrible. It is unwatchable. the 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 acting is stiff. All the all the uh, camera work and writing is so unbelievably bad. Um, it's trite. It's rote. It's terrible. This is even though it treads some familiar ground, it's still punchy and fun. And I think that has to do with the writing. So um, I liked it more than I thought I would. And uh, and I think I like it more than I would like the actual show. So um, I I am. I am warm on the character of House and pretty pretty positive about this whole this whole little two part episode. But Jess, I know you probably have some things to ask us and try to get our feel for. It, but before you do, I have one thing for you. You've said on many episodes, especially recently of movies, you don't like the snarky, dark, witty humor. You're more of the pie to the face kind of girl. <laughs> Doctor House is the epitome of a snarky asshole, <laughs> dark comedy character. So I'm curious why this character spoke so much to you and this show spoke so much to you at a younger age and still to this day and um a lot of movies nowadays with these same kind of snarky characters you don't you don't you're no longer on board i'm curious what the what what you could describe about that what's up with that maybe it's just because i watched it when i was young and i have a better taste in guys now than what i did when i was in high school Um, it really could be just that i watched it when i was younger and i was like oh my gosh this character it's it's drawing to me and then now i'm just like ew this guy's an asshole i'm not gonna talk to him do you feel that now (laughs) watching it back uh, like this episode. No, back. I still have the nostalgic to it. I, I don't think mm. I can separate it, but I do wonder if this came out now if I would still like it. Um, I do like medical shows, though. So I, I like Grey's Anatomy. Um, love this one. So maybe the medical part would be enough for me, but yeah, I, I, I'm curious myself if I were to just watch this now at 26, if I would think the same way about House that I did when I was like 13 or 14. I, I was wondering that too. I'm watching this whole thing. I'm like, wow, I really like this house character. He's like a character I like. And I'm like, Jess recommended this. This is not a character Jess ever liked. Why? <laughs> why did she? Why is she the one who recommended this? Because because house is the like. If I could like p- epitomize a TV character of the past twenty years that would describe the things you don't like in a lot of movies we've covered, <laughs> it's got, he's he's kind of perfect for it. I mean, the first twenty minutes of this this little two part episode is him mostly just being. A, a snarky asshole to everybody for for 20 minutes and it's great it's some of my favorite parts of the episode i agree with uh nicole and mama k the last half of the second episode is really um it's not as good as the rest like it doesn't stick the landing as much as i would yeah. like it to yeah and that's probably what i'm gonna open into next because I, I think watching this now as an official movie critic um i'm analyzing that's this unofficial. a lot different than i 
<laughs> Very official. I am analyzing this a lot different than had I watched this in college or when I was in high school. So I think we can all agree the the music box part was bullshit. So yeah. my question is, the <laughs> ending was very cookie cutter from the mute girl being cured with the music box. How would you have rewritten it or how would you have changed it to still tie up the episode but not make it as cliche and just stupid as the writing actually was? I have a general answer, but I'm okay. Do you have a, do you have a, uh, any ideas off the top of your head? Um, I, I don't know that I would have gone as far as they did. I mean, I think I was okay with, uh, I, I was okay with the superhero being right and that there was, you know, that he was actually right, that there was something in there that she needed. Yes. I, I wanted her to be able to react to it and maybe just react to it and not talk and not play the cello, not do like, not all of a sudden become the person that she was 10 years ago because they made the comment that she'd been like this for a decade. So, you know, I'm, and and it made me sad too, because all I'm thinking about is she's been staring at that fucking music box for a decade and no one has moved it or done anything with it. And she's just staring for 10 years at it. And it takes another guy who's having a psychotic break to you know put the put the things together so i don't mind i don't think i mind it's a little trite to do it that way but the way that they did it where she just now all of a sudden she's being you know she's being discharged from the hospital to a rehab facility and she can brilliantly play the cello again it's like oh my god really i mean i guess house does miraculous things and he did it through this other guy this time but and it had to end, the romance piece had to end the way that it did, too. Do you so. have any ideas, Nicole, how to fix this ending or make it better or cut something or add something? I mean, I have to say that the ending was kind of confusing for me. It it didn't hold as much value as the rest of the two-part series did. Like, I don't, I didn't really get it. <laughs> um, I, I understood the whole part of the guy that got injured when he jumped off the parking complex or whatever okay i get that whole scene of you know house trying to hype that guy up the whole time and say you are invincible you're fine you're good and that's what that guy took to heart like i understand all that and it's very sad that you know that that guy had that notion in his head and thought he could just jump off the building or whatever honestly i forgot about that other woman (laughs) (laughs) um the one that didn't talk i really didn't even think of her the whole time um you know what was you know what was really distracting for me is i was pretty lost i I had to be honest i was pretty lost with the whole part of house going with the psychiatrist and the other woman to that party and him Mm -hmm. being thought of as not crazy but also being thought of as crazy at the same time really hard to follow for me are you talking about i didn't know the when dinner party party you're talking about the part where they went to the carnival kind of in the middle well i don't remember the carnival so i'm talking <laughs> about the dinner party <laughs> um no just the the way that the psychiatrist acted with house the whole time i was really confused on how he thought about him the whole time did he really think that he had psychological issues or did he really think that he was just playing them and trying to cheat the system that leads no, he, i don't think so i'm you don't think so what 
I don't think, I mean, he knew that, I mean, obviously if somebody's had a Vicodin addiction as long as he has and he, you know, the things that happened through the first several series um, years of the, of the show, you know, this, this guy's got, this guy's got problems and that's what he was trying to have him address was, was the underlying conditions that make him a drug addict. Well, how can we uh, give beyond... that credit though, if he's actually treating patients throughout the first five seasons, finding all these little hiccups in experiments and hiccups and in things that they're looking well, Nicole, at. Nicole, he's like Darth. You can be can brilliant. Be like Darth Plagueis. He can save others from death, but not himself. Oh okay, God. not Darth Plagueis. He get <laughs> the analogy the that they made in the show was Darth Vin- Plagueis the Wise. No, stop, stop. Darth Plagueis, um, Dark Lord of the they- Brennan, stop. <laughs> oh, I'm done. I was, I was. I might do it later. Um, no, they explained it perfectly in the show when they were talking about Vincent Van Gogh. That House is afraid of losing his his weirdness a little bit, but there's more to it than that. But that's part of it. No, he's afraid uh, of, and that's he's afraid of if his- he addresses. His- it's like a lot of comedians have with like, if I stop being an alcoholic or if I stop uh, hating myself or being depressive, I'm not going to be funny anymore and I won't be able to have a career. I'm not who right, I it am. It happens with a yeah, lot of high functioning, exactly. highly intelligent, creative types. Yep. It's rare for a doctor to be that, but yep. because he's such a specific, like, I solve all the weirdo cases, doctor. Like, again, I don't know if this really exists, but in this universe, that's why I accept House is in this universe. House is the guy who fixes the weird problems. So whether or not that's a real well, type of Well, I'm trying to find the connection of that. Like, I get all of that, and I, I understand that. Like, I, I agree with that. Like, if he's taking pills and he's still able to understand these conditions people have for the first five seasons and can solve mysteries, like, that's wonderful. But I am losing what I'm supposed to be watching as I see him you know, go with the psychiatrist to this dinner party and he kisses that woman who plays the piano and it's all this weird shit that I don't, they didn't, is, are those people from prior seasons? Because I didn't explain, I didn't understand that woman that was playing the piano that he made out with. I didn't get any of that. He met her uh, because her, so the, the the mute woman. Did she work there or was she another the, the uh, mute, person? She's related to the, the woman who didn't. Who yeah, remember mute. the mute woman? So she plays the cello at the end, right? With the, the long woman. brown hair. Yeah, so. Her, she's not the woman that played the piano. Yeah, no, that's her friend. The, no, she's related to it's her, her. It's her yeah. husband. It's her, yeah, husband's sister. sister. So sister she's another person at the psych, in the psych ward. Lydia, Frankie Potato's character, is not a person in the psych ward. She's a frequent visitor. This is where I'm getting confused because it doesn't make any sense to me. I can't tell who is a part of the program and who's not. She's the only... <laughs> well, she was wearing a tag that said visitor. She's the, yeah, she, so there yeah, was She's that. not part of the program. I mean, there's the doctors. What was that whole scene of them going to the dinner party? I don't understand. I understand your confusion. It's weird that you would have a <laughs> patient and a person who att- like goes there as a visitor and the doctor all at this dinner party i understand it, it doesn't make any sense no, 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 i understand your confusion i mean i think theoretically this could be a thing that happened because like you have uh uh it's like some sort of gala event that the doctor's going to invite house to go it's like a donor function right, invite house yeah. to go and lydia is also allowed to go because she's a friend of the doctor or whatever she's a friend of the medical that would never happen in real life. This I, is bullshit. It doesn't make any I, sense. I understand. I, I, if you're hung up on um, details, <laughs> house doesn't work. No, the whole, not just this well, episode, yeah, but this, the, the whole, whole show. Like, yeah. I, yeah, but 
no TV shows work if you get hung up well, on Well, I wouldn't I mean, say that. I would say network TV shows don't How can I about- ever believe that House would be invited to a dinner party with other doctors when he's an actual patient of a psych ward and then some rando woman is also I, there and then they make out at the end of the thing? It I understand. That's what I, I understand your confusion there. He was a plus one. Okay. Uh, Jess, do you have any comments yeah. on this uh, confusion before we move on to the next part? Um, I think the purpose of him going to the dinner party was the psychologist had like kind of a little challenge for him. I guess being normal and talking to people, not being condescending and arrogant is a flaw of his. So he tried to have him go to a light dinner party and see if he can make normal conversation or at least, you know, act interested in what someone else is saying or, you know, now that he's off of his drugs, can he still you know, interact with society. And I think it was little tests that he wanted him to do. And then why is Lydia also right. invited to this party? I guess is the part that's really confusing Nicole. And I understand I, I Nicole's confusion is warranted. It's, it's weird to have these characters who are not exactly, I have a doctor, a patient and a friend of a patient all at one, you know, high end function. It, it's kind of, it is kind of weird to have that in your, yeah, they never explained why Lydia was there. I just assume because she visits so often at, you know, she's just invited to these kinds of events. And I, okay. I'm sure the staff loves the support that she's giving her sister-in-law, but yeah, they, they, they didn't explain why she was there. That, that's what I, that's yeah, what I get. She, and the, the patient, uh, uh, Nicole, uh, Annie, the, the, the sister-in-law that she's been visiting, Lydia, the woman who plays the piano. I mean, she's been visiting for years, so she is definitely a friend of the facility at this point. Wait, the woman that went to the dinner party is not the same woman that was playing the piano? That is the same woman who was playing the piano. Yes. <laughs> this doesn't make any fucking sense. Okay, Lydia, the woman who is playing the piano, is the same person who goes to the event. This <laughs> same woman, the woman who went to the event and played the piano, is the sister-in-law of the mute woman, the one who plays the cello okay. at the end. That she should have never been invited to a to this dinner. She was party. invited because. Uh, the woman who's been there forever, the cello and player, then she, and, and then she makes out with House. Yeah, because they had a little relationship. Because no, I under this is why no. I understand where you're coming from. Where it's like it's a li- you have to kind of stretch it a little bit. Like it kind the, the writing is good enough where like I can follow it. It's not it's whether or not I. The buy show it. is stretched enough with him in the prior seasons being able to solve these unsolved mysteries. I really don't need the love connection that he has with this woman i think it's unnecessary so i guess i I haven't given my how would i fix this episode uh uh take yet and uh my my solution would be cutting uh i would cut out annie the the mute uh at the end who gets the little box and i would cut out lin-manuel miranda i don't like lin-manuel miranda in this i find him annoying i don't don't like alvy no i don't like the rap performance they have at the end it's 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 I uh, like it's pretty that. Cr- I guess I'm alone on this one. I don't like these two characters, and I would condense this into one episode where Frankie Potatoes is the uh, somehow related to <laughs> somehow related to Steve, the Freedom Master, because I think Steve's part of this where he's thinks he's a superhero, and then House has to finally face himself. I think that's the the emotional core of this little of this little duology of these two episodes. I think that is the, that's the moment where House realizes. I need to change because I think I was just doing this for for a laugh to get back at the doctor to try to like weasel my way out of this place. And he he hurts someone, someone innocent, someone sick. And it's and that's what makes him turn. So I think he's the most important side character that isn't, you know, House Lydia or Dr. Dr. Nolan. And so I would cut out that that whole Lydia 
thing. Like, I do not get any of that. You would cut out the relationship piece? Everything. I would cut out from the, the time he talks about the fucking piano till the end where they show the, the woman with the cello. Like, I would get rid of all of those See, piano scenes. I would keep Lydia in because House has to prove he's better at the end. Because the way he proves he's better at the end is that he... The way he proves he's better is that he takes the medicine. Like, I don't... No, the way he... Well, that's part of it. But the way he really proves he's better to, to Dr. Nolan at the end is that he proves that... He can care for another person and not act impulsively and crazily and ruin... Well, no, he cares about Lin-Manuel Miranda's character. He does, but not in the same way. Like, he, he cares well, about... You're not you're yeah. not going to win my argument. I don't think that she's necessary. <laughs> but the thing is, like, the, Dr. Nolan's not going to let him go because he was nice to Alvy. Like, that's not enough. He And he was taking his pills. That's not enough. Well, that's part of it. And well, well, but he also he also he also stuck around for Dr. Nolan when Dr. Nolan's dad right, was that's dying. Another, that, that is another part, which I don't again, I also don't really buy that. Yeah. Part, so but. so that's an extra that's an extra. I, I only buy that part because I feel like that's something uh, I can see House doing that, knowing a little bit more. Well, about thinking, I, in this universe um, where House is like omniscient and he can do all these things. Yeah, it makes sense. Right. And the, it's, it's the constant battle of what the real medical system is like and what the universe of house is like. House is like a hype. And I give, I, I, I give oh, leeway yeah. obviously. Cause like house is like a hyper realized, uh, real world. I mean, it's not real world. It's, it's, it's house world. So it's, you know, yeah. but any show that, any show that you're watching like this, if you're shot, watching any of the, any of the hospital dramas or if on the flip side, if you're watching any of the crime dramas or the fire shows, fire all of those, shows. it's all the same. I mean, they're all, they're all right. They're like 120% of... reality, which is why I go back to Unico. Like you give nine one one and all those kind of shows a pass. Like this is in that same universe of level of oh realism. Like it's real enough. It's, it resembles reality. I like 911 because it's not like reality because it doesn't show any source of it being like serious. This is trying to be serious and I don't I don't get Oh, so 911 for you is like like uh like uh schlocky 80s movies for me. Yeah, there's no fucking tsunami hit in California and they all have to go run off the boardwalk to get fire hydrants like whatever the fuck it is. I don't it's not real. And a shark <laughs> gets stuck yeah. in a fire truck and someone gets slammed against the wall in an, in an earthquake i'm kind of coming back on board with between you a, little a window bit and a desk i'm kind of coming back on board with you a little bit here with this <laughs> i do i do like that in in schlock but but i i was not treating house as schlock i, I was like treating house as moderately serious like hyper hyper real but moderately serious not schlock not realism um but anyway yeah that's how i would i i would cut alvi and i would cut Annie and make Lydia related to Steve somehow and make Steve the roommate and expand Steve and and um and House's relationship and make how and make Steve the the both the Steve and Alvy character hybrid for House. Then you can condense it down to one episode. You could still have the emotional moment where Steve, you know, jumps over the thing thinking he's he's super whatever. Uh, you could still have the Lydia moments. You could still have the party. You could still have the relationship with the Doctor Daryl Nolan, and you kind of cut the fat, which I see the fat as being Alvy and having another character who's mute and plays the cello. That's the stuff that I don't really like. That seems fluff to me. So I that's how I would condense it down. I would condense it down to one episode, um, maybe one and a half, like a slightly longer episode. But like I I, I don't think this warrants to. I'm gonna I'm gonna advocate for Alvi. Jess, be on board with me. I am on board. I, I like Alvi a lot. Needs... You guys are always teaming up. Yeah, he needs a. Su- 
<laughs> he needs a side man. He he does. He needs somebody to like do, you know, Alvy did a little some dirty work and some investigating for him and he needs that. That's part Why of Why not make Steve that character though? Why does. not tweak so, Steve's character so that he could be a little Alvy and a little how Steve actually is, like Freedom Master. I think but, that would make him doing too much. I don't think he, Freedom Master has the capacity yeah. to understand what House is trying to do. Um Alvi understood, okay, we're trying to play the system. We're Now we're trying to do this, now we're trying to do that. I don't think Freedom Master right. could have had that capacity. But wouldn't that make it that. more impactful, like the audience is along with House thinking, you know, this this character is along with us? Like, Alvi, you know, for the most part, we think is along with us for the ride. And what if, like, Steve was along with us for the ride? Like, we thought of him as we think of Alvi, a fairly competent character who has some problems. And then he does the crazy thing. Then we're like, holy shit. We were just like House. We were wrong. We thought this guy like was just enjoying himself. Who's Steve? What do you mean? Steve we is the audience. Oh, Steve is Freedom Steve is, Master. Uh, Steve is Freedom, Freedom Master. Master. Oh, Steve. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, the guy who jumps off the guy who jumps <laughs> off the complex and, and almost kills himself because he thinks he can fly. Because he thinks he's, that's what I'm saying. Like you have this character who he was a little crazy, but like we as an audience buy him for the first half, and then when we realize we realize at the same time House does that. He's crazy and we shouldn't have been egging him on. Not egging him on, but like giving into his fantasies. Because that's the thing is like when we see House start to give into Steve's fantasies and let him do whatever he wants, we know it's going to end bad. We know Steve's going to fucking hurt himself and that's what's going to make House realize he's wrong. If we are with Steve as we are with Alvy, then we as the audience are just as shocked as House is when he does something crazy and we're like, oh shit. He re- like he was a interesting, fun little weirdo friend, but he really is crazy. He really does need help, and I shouldn't have egged him on like that. That's why I think Steve would have been a better Steve and Alvy combined would have made a better character. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that he could have been hard to combine them. Yeah, though. I don't think he could have been the sidekick. I, d- I can't see him as that and as yeah. far fetched Freedom Master as well. So what if we got rid of Steve and made Alvy yeah. also think he had a Freedom Master character? What if we did that? I think you need both of them. I don't think one can do it all. I, think I just think it's too. I just think it's too many characters. Are completely different. I just think it's too many characters. And it's too much padding because there's too much times we spend with Alvy where I don't feel like we're going anywhere, and I feel like the time we spend with Steve is just to get us to the the point where something happens. It just feels uh, a little wasted. I mean, I think you get somewhere with Alvy because um, at at the very end, Alvy kind of turns around and um, wants to get better. Take his meds because he he saw House actually. Yeah. Um, I like that ending. The yeah, rap show. How their ending is really good. Well, no, the well, whole no, the part where he sees, out the window. like, yeah, he looks at him out the window and says, wow, he yeah. did what he was supposed to do when he got out of here. Now it's my turn. Instead of being the resistance, like, I am going to do this for myself and decides to go take the medicine. And you know what I also did, like... Mm-hmm. The doc, I mean, it's not accurate, and I, th- I think it was kind of bullshit, but I liked it. How the way that the nurse reacted to him saying that, like, he would have been in trouble for admitting that he hasn't been taking his medicine, but <laughs> she looked at him with, like, these, like, real sweet eyes, like, okay, it's- Now you can take your medicine! You yeah! yeah. <laughs> and, uh, here, well, ta- no, I take thought, it off I schedule! 
I thought they knew the whole time that he wasn't taking medicine because that's the whole reason he was in there is because he was non-compliant. But with they his would medication. make him take his medicine. I, I there's wonder, just a lot of there's a lot of realism problems but, with that, which I don't get hung up on. I understand Nicole's hang up though. It is it is kind of distracting at times. Yeah, no, but I like his ending too, Nicole. I like the way that he ends with that. You know that his how his ending and House's ending blend together, and they you know it complements that. Because um, he seems like he kind of idolizes like him. He does, yeah. Yeah, and I mean that that has its own problems if you kind of flesh that out to, you know, later, <laughs> but it's, you know, at that point in time you're like, okay, you know, House is having a win that he doesn't really even know about. So that's that's a cool thing. So I guess uh that's we've kind of uh, run the course. Well, wait, let me I didn't any... answer the question yet either. Oh, you have Okay, yeah, please go ahead. How would you fix uh this this uh this ending? Uh, yeah. This is hard. I would definitely take out the music box piece. That was bullshit. But the hardest part for me for fixing <laughs> it is my favorite scene is her playing the cello. Um, but I think this is completely independent of the show. I just love cellos. And then I recognize she plays, I think it was box suite number one. Um, and I don't know yeah. why. I, that made me cry every single time. I, I think it's just the music, honestly. I don't know if it is her playing it and her coming out of her muteness that did it for me i think it's just how beautiful the music really is um well, it's got to be a combination know, maybe... of your your love of the show plus it's a really good song on a cello which you really like and it's a it's an emotional moment in probably one of the better episodes of the show i imagine yeah i mean maybe I house the music could have the whole thing is really good yeah so. maybe something house could have maybe did something to trigger her out of her muteness um that would if they could have creatively made that non-bullshit i would have bought that but i i hated the whole music box thing and again i didn't care i don't think i cared about that before but now as a movie critic with my hat on looking at these instances <laughs> now it bothers me <laughs> you watch enough of this shit i have you, you to admit that in the beginning things, you know we're on a hundred whatever episodes you're like oh shit things aren't as good as i thought that you were <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i had to admit that in the beginning i thought he was going to figure out a diagnosis for her and that was going to wreck it for me. Oh, that would have ruined it, when he sat down it, yeah. next to the mute girl. Yeah, and I thought when he touched her and, you know, I thought, oh, my God, he's actually going to figure out a reason why she's mute. And then he's going into house mode. And I'm like, oh, this is going to wreck this whole thing for me because this is really about his journey. And, you know, so I'm glad, I'm really glad they didn't make that choice that house is the one who, you know, brought her out. No, I mean, the ending is clumsy with the music box. He like the music box goes to Steve, Steve, Steve hands it to, to Annie and that cures her. And then we have the big serendipitous ending. We're like, I'm moving away now. Okay. Frankie potatoes, whatever. Like I just like, and then he waits for the bus stop as Lin-Manuel Miranda stares out the window. He's like, I'm going to write Hamilton now. Like, it's just like, I, I I get it. Like, it's fine. (laughs) That's, That's exactly, exactly what happened. happened. I'm like the whole. Uh, I thought at the talent show he was gonna br- bust into that. the room where it happened. The room, and it's the little room that he was in. Like it, I, I get it. I, like it, the last 15, 20 minutes are what we need to do to wrap this up. And it, and that's what I really like about this is that it's only the last twenty minutes that feels like a network TV show from the late two thousand or first decade. Because yeah. the first hour is like pretty quality really good moments uh really good character study and the writing is solid and like i'm i'm really on board for most of this the it doesn't stick the landing but like i'm surprised at how other than the ending this I is disagree okay yeah what do you got nicole we're kind of in closing thoughts here unless uh Jess, you had <laughs> no i like the ending better i like the ending better than the rest of it oh okay because... interesting 
it's kind of like wrapping up what we've seen for the past hour and a half and what the end goal was of House and all these other characters that we have. If I could throw away one part of this, it would be that whole thing with the woman with the short hair that played the piano. I didn't get any of that. I don't get her. I don't want her in it. I literally want... Yeah, I literally just want House realizing he is actually a patient in this place and he needs to take his medicine to get better. And I like that Lin-Manuel Miranda's character says, hey, I admire that guy and i'm gonna do that too and i like the ending of that he realizes that he has to you know be become the same type of guy that he is and he needs to become one with himself of of finding out that he actually needs to take medicine and get in order to get better like these two these two episodes of this show could really kind of be like a standalone movie if they put a little more into it i agree like it's 90 percent there i appreciate that yeah i appreciate that a lot and we didn't get enough of that woman's character in here to make her a significant part of the plot to me but anyway the ending is i think the best part of this because there's a lot of throwaway in the beginning for me you know the psychiatrist and the motive behind why House is there kind of gets lost on me, but the ending sticks with me the most, showing his relationship with his roommate. Like, I think that that's the most important part. Hmm. All right. I mean, it sounds like we all kind of, it sounds like a mixed review, but positive overall, but it sounds like we kind of all have different hang-ups and different things we like and don't like, which is interesting um, overall, but I, I will return to you, Jess. Do you have any closing thoughts or closing questions to ask the rest of us, or do you want to give us your final thoughts on this two-part, uh, series? Um, Brennan, I am curious. You said earlier, um, in the show that your, the best parts was the therapy sessions. Um, what did you like about it? And did you think that it was effective therapy? Because as I was watching it, I was like, I don't know if he's asking House to write questions. Is this the way that he should approach his situation? But you seem to like it um, a lot. And what is it that you liked about it? There is, um, it's one of the last sessions, I want to say. First of all, I like two really smart, really witty guys going at each other in in a battle of wits back and forth. That's always something that's entertaining to me. So every time they're in the room with each other and House is doling out snark and, and Dr. Nolan is countering it and countering it effectively, which I imagine throughout the show does not happen. I imagine yeah. usually House gets the better of whoever he's bantering with because he's House. He's the smart one and he wins. But Dr. Nolan seems to me as an outside viewer as an equal to House, at least, if not more so, until we get the whole the, the whole dying father thing and then we see that Dr. Nolan is just as flawed as any other character, which is a good choice. But um, the part of the Dr. Yeah. Nolan and House... Uh, banter and back and forth that really got me uh was when house in him it's one of the later like they have they have their therapy conversations and house is doing usual stark shit but one of the later ones house gets to the point where he's talking about like i it's because of me that steve jumped off the the banister thing and then he says something along the lines of and so you have to be punished for that just as badly as he had you can't move on like you because the universe is just and you are God house. So you have to punish yourself as bad as he has been punished and house. This is, and it's one of the rare moments. And I can't imagine it happens very often in house parts where like, 
oh, like, you are not God, you are not everything, you make mistakes just like every other human, because you're used to being the smartest guy in the room, you're used to fixing all the problems that when you make a mistake yourself, you can't handle it to the point of such self-punishment and loathing that you're so despicable to yourself and everyone around you and destructive, and that's one of your biggest problems, and I think that that moment between him and Dr. Nolan, and that is the moment that made me think, I'm like, I don't know what Jess really sees in this episode, except for this. This is the part where I can see him, like, <laughs> where I'm like, oh, I, I don't, because we all, we all, like, every single one of us, you guys and everyone listening has, at some point, laid awake at 2 a.m., unable to fall asleep, because they said that stupid thing 20 years ago, and they feel, they want to take it back, they knew it was out of context, right. they knew it was the wrong place or whatever, and you just are like, or, or you've just grown, or and you've you've changed, and you're like, I shouldn't have said that or I shouldn't have done that or like I made such a mistake but you won't forgive yourself and you think that somehow hanging on to that pain is is it punishing yourself is going to make it okay is going to make it fair and and what Dr. Nolan tells him to move on and let it go and like you can't fix it stop trying to fix it apologize and move on that's um right be okay with it's your tough. failure it's and re- just, it's and a really tough it. moment but that is the part of this episode that resonates beyond this is a good TV episode. That's the part of the episode that resonates to me like beyond this is, you know, three and a half star TV. So that's when I want to talk about that's, the therapy session. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. The thing that sells it is the writing and the context, but it's also the acting of those two characters that they're just exceptional. Andre Brower is exceptional in yeah, anything. I've he ever should seen get way in, more work, including Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is strange. Yeah. He started out in a show, well, I don't know if he started out, but one of the his first big roles was a show, uh, a cop show back in the, I don't know, late 80s, early 90s, maybe, called Homicide Life on the Streets. And that was, like, groundbreaking. And he is was so good in that. And he just continues. Every time I see him, I'm always just, like, I'm paying attention because I know he's doing it right. Any closing thoughts, Jess? I know we're, we're starting to run close to the end here, but um, is, is is that uh, do you have any similar feelings, or do you have different resonance and feel with those uh, with those moments, or anything else in this episode? I guess I didn't take what you. I understood the overall theme of what um, Doctor Nolan tried to teach us that little lesson, but I guess I didn't take it that way because. I know if I was house and I did some action that accidentally, you know, could have killed someone and you see him like reeling around in bandages and casts and stuff, Mm -hmm. I don't think I could forgive myself either. So I guess I'm putting myself in his shoes being like, all right, like I, I understand I need to move past it and move on. But sometimes saying sorry and, you know, trying to forgive yourself. It's just too hard to do when you cause that much pain to someone. Um, But it's all you can do. So, I mean... I know, and I think I was. There's no. He tries yeah, to fix it. It, it he really tries is. To, he tries to fix it with the little music box, and he can't do it until you know later on when we have the ending with the music box. But like he 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 tries to fix it, but like he really like when he says sorry and it doesn't fix anything. That's that's the best he can do. I know. I just I'm just uh, I don't know. That that part was hard. But anyway, I you like you said we're um out of time, and thank you guys for watching this, and I'm. I really like that, or I appreciate that y'all liked it. Um, I was afraid you guys wouldn't, and I thought it'd be something that I only liked because I liked the show. <laughs> but um, I'm glad you guys took a little something out of it, so thank you for watching it. Nicole, closing thoughts? 
I'm really glad that I did. Like, it was pretty standalone in terms of watching a TV series, especially something that lasted eight, nine seasons long. I watched Grey's Anatomy for a long time, and, you know, medical dramas are pretty interesting to me. So watching this, where it's a different perspective in terms of the doctor going into a psychiatric hospital and living his life, you know, because of the, the things that he's chosen to do in his life. Really interesting. I've never seen anything like that. House isn't something that I ever got into, but I'm glad that Jess had, you know, chosen a TV series instead of a movie because this was, this felt like a movie, but in a good way. Like we, we got a plot out of these two things and I didn't need to have a background for it. So very interesting you know, I'm glad that I watched this. Um, it did lead me into wanting to watch a little bit more and see how this went. Uh, so I, you know, I give you props to you. I'm really, I'm really happy that I watched this. Oh, thank you. Closing thoughts, Mama K. Yeah, I'm also really glad. Uh, this was a great choice. I, I had no idea what to expect, honestly, because because having watched part of it, I was thinking. Yeah, you're going to need some background on this. But like Nicole said, you really don't. You really you get the gist of him. And I think that people uh, in general have sort of a um, an idea of what he's what his character's like anyway. And I just I liked the way that this was encapsulated. I do have a question for Jess. I do need to know if you had like a little ninth grade crush on. Dr. Oh, for House. sure. <laughs> Still a crush. Not even ninth grade crush. Yeah. This is, I think, a forever crush. I- because I never had, I never had that when I was watching. But as I was watching this episode, but you I was guys like, are twenty something huh. years apart, so you know, it's not weird. Well, I know, but I that's why I wanted to ask. Whatever. What's your point, Brennan? Yeah, feel free to come to your point. Um, yeah, but I was just like, huh? Okay, well, you know, I like him. I mean, I know he's broken all the time, but I have a sort of soft spot in my heart for broken people, so I liked it. Thanks, Jess. Aww. Okay, Jess, okay. you did a good job on your first host pick. You did a good job. This is a uh, this is a solid. Uh, if you had to pick a TV show, I was apprehensive doing House because I don't like the medical drama genre. I, I find it trite and boring and retreading the same old ground. This is an above average TV drama especially for the time uh, I was surprisingly engaged for the majority of it and though I have problems and nitpicks I have problems and nitpicks with everything the character is very good the side characters for the most part are strong the writing is way better than I was expecting and I enjoyed the ride overall and uh, there was even some resonance of feel with the two doctor to doctor moments so yeah it's 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 a successful uh, duology you don't have to watch the whole show but I think across the board we are all saying how season six episodes one and two <laughs> uh are are successful and um i think it's probably indicative of the whole show i looked up the whole um ratings and for the most part house has generally favorable reviews uh it varies from season to season but for the most part house is a successful show and people seem to enjoy it and it's on a lot of top 10 rankings for for the first one to six seasons i think it kind of fades off at a certain point but um and that's one thing before we before i close out with our plugs jess you watched this whole show, correct? You watched to the end, season seven and eight as well. Yeah, um, I watched the entire show. Does this, how much does this episode play a role into House's behavior going forward versus what it used to? And do the later seasons hold up as well as the earlier uh, seasons? I don't remember. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll watch it again and let you Fair know. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> we will catch up on another episode of our host pick, but that was Jess's pick. Uh, thank you, Jess. That was a good choice. Um, I think probably our best choice we've had yet. 
of all the host pick episodes we've done all of those this is definitely all two of them all two of them this is definitely <laughs> my favorite we've done so <laughs> sorry i'm okay uh but we have several uh movies coming up we have jay and silent bob reboot which we were supposed to do months ago but now it's available on amazon prime so we'll be doing that coming up and then we have several listener suggestions i won't say what movies they are but listener johnny Listener Karen, listener George, and listeners Terrence and Amir. I believe we've had a suggestion from you guys before. But you guys all have things that you have recommended to us at some point on our list that will be coming up in the coming weeks. So get ready for things from you guys. So thank you for sending us suggestions. Please keep sending us suggestions. And these are the places to do it. I will list them off. If you want to reach out to us on Facebook, Films with the Women in My Life is the page we are on. If you want to go to Instagram, I am Brennan underscore Podhost. You can comment on one of our posts or send me a message. I'm pretty responsive. Uh, you can email the show, filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Check the email periodically. And if you don't want to reach out to me, you want to reach out to Mama K, she runs our Twitter feed. That is at filmswomenpod. Don't talk to Nicole or Jess. They don't want to Don't talk to me. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we have coming up. We are still have open spots for several more weeks. As you guys know, we are not going to the theaters anytime soon. None of us are. So keep on the streaming reviews. Keep recommending things to us. There is a high percentage of chance that we will read it. And Please even- talk to me. I thought you said not to me. Of our social medias. That's what I thought. I mean, we're, <laughs> all right. we all need some talking to, I guess, with um, all this quarantine stuff. We do. We use some we more do. social Reach out to us, guys. We're lonely. <laughs> Thank you, Jess, for picking this. Thank you, Mama K and Jess. Nicole, for joining. Yeah, that was awesome. awesome. All right, see you guys. Until next time, everybody, this is Brennan signing off saying thanks for listening and enjoy. Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Keep up with the latest from the show on Instagram at Brennan underscore Podhost, on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life, and on Twitter at Films Women Pod. Finally, you can email the show with questions and suggestions at filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke and Chris Iwanek. Original artwork created by Nicole Telesio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies.